Welcome to Next of Kin, the parents podcast. I'm your host, Emma. I'm a British expat living in Dubai, UAE with my partner and baby girl. Join me on my expat motherhood journey. I'll be discussing different topics each week and we'll be joined by some wonderful guests. Now, if you're a mum, you're short on time. So let's jump right in. Welcome back and thank you for listening. I bring you this episode whilst I chill here in my leggings. Yesterday was another Sunday at Wright Market and it really is a long day. I've actually got two other markets that are new markets to me this week. Oh, the Mother Tongue Christmas Market got rained off last week, so that is back on today. If you are listening to this the morning that it gets released, then come by and say hi because it's on Friday and it's at the Green Room. Shall we briefly chat about that rain, by the way, because for anyone who isn't based in Dubai, you're going to be thinking, what do you mean a market got rained off? Basically, Dubai is a place that gets on average four days a year of rain, if that. It's not much, but the powers that be in Dubai would like to make it greener in the future. So there is an actual government department called Rainmaking Innovation, and I'm not even joking. (laughs) I've walked past it in DIFC. And they do this thing called cloud seeding, which is, I think, when they send up drones to zap rain clouds and make it rain. The problem is, is that they've obviously gone and sent up drones to make it rain. But Dubai is completely and utterly not set up for rain. So they go and do that, create the rain. And then the place has zero drainage systems. All the schools had to shut. Floods everywhere. (laughs) We were all stuck inside for the whole day, despite by mid-morning the sun coming back out. But I must admit, I was run down on Friday anyway, so I was quite glad to take it a bit easy that day and not do a market. I had a very nice afternoon with Bonnie at the park, at the local park. Bonnie, bless her, is feeling the effects of her one-year jabs. We got them a month late, so she only had them recently. And Bonnie has never got a fever or any sort of reaction to jabs before. But this time it's really affected her sleep and she's just not very happy. She doesn't have a temperature or anything, but she's just constantly asking me for milk and doesn't want actual food. So I do feel a bit sorry for her at the moment, because as soon as she's got over these jabs, then they've got another set booked in, literally like a couple of weeks later. (laughs) I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all, but my God, it is a lot, isn't it? Right, I want to know if this is relatable and what you would have done, what the mums would have done out there, because we were offered a free staycation at the Anantara. It was passed on from a friend who had won it. Apparently there was a virgin radio thingy going on with a treasure hunt and the opportunity to win 100,000 dirhams, which we could really do with right now. (laughs) But it was last weekend, as in yesterday and the day before, uh, because I'm sorry, I'm recording this on Monday, I should say. And I obviously realised that I had right market on the Sunday, but then I reached out to the small retailer groups to message to see if anyone wanted to share the market stall or something to make it work. And I thought it was the Anantara in Abu Dhabi so I thought if if all else fails I'll just drive back really early in the morning and then the friend said do remember it's a four-hour journey so it was Sir Bani is it right over the other side of the UAE and (laughs) it's a four-hour journey to get there you stay for a night and then a four-hour journey back and me and Rich looked at each other like hmm let's have a think free five-star stay and Is that worth two four-hour car journeys with Bonnie? (laughs) Is that terrible? We didn't go. (laughs) Would you have gone? Is that awful? I mean, she would have screamed. Eight hours. It's not worth it, is it? 
Or is that worth 100,000 dirham when you need it? (laughs) Anyway, today I want to tell you about my two new business ideas. Before I dive in, let's have a little catch up because I mentioned that I am in the middle of market season at the moment. And honestly, it's been so hit and miss. I now understand those super eager market stall owners. It would always put me off straight away as a customer. I absolutely hate it. But when you've paid money for a stool and lost a day of your life to it, with all the prep of setting up, the prep the day before, and then you just have zero customers, it is soul destroying. (laughs) So I'm trying to keep my entrepreneur head on at the moment, constantly trying to think of ways to find new customers or deciding what things are an actual good payoff. I've been offered some stools which are up to as much as a thousand dirhams a day, which is 200 pounds if you're in the UK. And it's crazy because they'll say it's for exposure, but I'm not convinced at all. I really don't acquire that many new followers from it unless it's someone who purchases at the time. And I've learned as well that if anyone says they'll purchase online and I always say, yes, we have free delivery. But if they say they're going to purchase online, not once have they gone and purchased online. (laughs) So, yeah, it can be soul destroying. But then when you really get in the swing of it and get chatting to all the customers, It's really good fun. It's just tiring. Then I guess on the parenting journey, I now feel like I've landed deep into toddlerhood. So there's a whole new aspect to parenting now where you need to start thinking about your approach. Like I always think about what kind of parent I am, but there's so much more to it now because they can understand a lot more than they let on at the moment. And I'm trying to be much more aware of this. So for example, we need to stop commenting on how chubby Bonnie is, which is proving really hard because she's just so deliciously squidgeable. But then I remember that I don't want to comment on bodies and things like that in front of her because I just want her to think her body is her vehicle and it needs to be healthy and not have any hang-ups like we were brought up with in the 90s. (laughs) It's also a time where discipline, I guess, is starting to enter our parenting realm. And so I've been very aware of how I want to approach this It has been obvious to me that I don't want to be old school. Perhaps that's because that's kind of how our nanny is, which is why I am still really considering nursery for Bonnie. But an example which made me really glad that I'm not just constantly yelling no. And actually, this is the point when I realise that we probably need to start considering the discipline aspect. Discipline seems like the wrong word because she's obviously only one years old. But I think you know what I'm trying to say here. But it was when Bonnie started biting. Has anyone else started that phase yet? Obviously, the first time she did it, I and her nanny gave a huge reaction because we were genuinely shocked. Bon then had a little smile, of course, because that's hilarious, isn't it? (laughs) I recognised this and instead the next time she did it, I just put my finger straight into her mouth to stop her jaw being able to bite down anymore and popped her on the floor and said something like, that hurts mummy, I can't let you hurt me. So super boring, a bit annoying that it's not a fun reaction and that she's been put on the floor. Obviously, she has her teethy days and it's very usual at this stage to be going through a bit of bitiness. But after this, the nanny said she kept biting her, but she stopped biting me very quickly. And I explained that approach. So I wonder if that's why. I don't know if that I don't think that's what our nanny had been doing. She then went up to the TV and started hitting it or wobbling it about. So actually something that's dangerous. And I did give a sharp no to which she straight away got that it was serious. So I'm not sure why I'm sharing that with you because it's not exactly groundbreaking, is it? (laughs) And I've said before, I'm no parenting coach, but I came across a few things recently or concepts which I quite liked. 
might also make you think. So firstly, Bonnie's paediatrician said that now is the time for over-the-top phrase and gentle discipline. So I guess that mirrors what I do anyway. Although I then heard an approach which was saying we really need to stop with this over-the-top well done at every tiny thing they do because it then loses meaning and they need to feel self-validated. But I naturally am totally over the top, constantly saying good job. Like, (laughs) I don't even know how many times a day I say good job. (laughs) I'm trying to mainly now just cut this down to encourage effort instead at the moment, instead of the outcomes, especially because she's one years old and has a really small attention span. Anyway, I then came across something from Jay Shetty. Funnily enough, it was on the day that my gift guide podcast went live. So that's what, two podcast episodes ago. I felt super anxious that day. You're probably thinking why, but there are multiple reasons. And I'm sure I felt a bit like I was missing so many brands out. And I just also wasn't happy with the the quality of that podcast episode. I feel like you can tell just how tired I am in the episode. Anyway, I then heard this from Jay Shetty. He was telling the story of the cashier and the customer. And the customer got to the cashier. The cashier then said that the customer is such a bright light who they love to see every day and brightens up their entire day. Something very lovely. And the customer went away happy. (laughs) I'm butchering this whole parable, aren't I? But the meaning of the story was to do with positivity. And Jay Shetty then goes on to say there are two types. There are the candle and the mirror. The candle is the person who shines bright and radiates their own positivity. And the mirror is the cashier who is reflecting the positivity of others, making them feel even better and to shine even brighter and to multiply their happiness or positivity. Anyway, this is not a lesson in positivity. I actually have found that living in Dubai, most of the people I come across are so positive and they tend to believe in all the manifestation and the gratitude and that kind of woo-woo thing. So I'm not giving you a lesson in positivity. But in that vein, thank you, universe, for giving me that little lesson on the day that I was feeling so rubbish about the gift guide. I've always been in awe of those kinds of people who are the mirrors. I've always felt far too self-absorbed, to be honest, to think that I could be that kind of person. So then I realized that's what I was doing. I was being the mirror. I was letting these other brands shine. And to be honest, I hadn't thought too deeply about the contents of that episode. I had just felt really inspired by the brands and I was actually feeling quite down and in this mindset whereby we naturally just steer towards big brands, don't we? So this was making me feel, yeah, quite down as a small brand thinking, how on earth do I like make myself seem like a big brand that people think to go and shop from? For obvious reasons, I personally have started to really challenge myself on this and to stop this behavior. Like when Bonnie needed a new cup recently, my automatic reaction is to get straight on Amazon. But I stopped and I ended up going to Maxim's baby store where they had the perfect cup, the perfect cup that I needed. It was on sale for 20 dirhams. But I'd just been feeling like this was a huge, huge obstacle for my brand to overcome. I was feeling really overwhelmed at that point, just being one person with zero budget and a to-do list as long as my arm. Anyway, let's hop in and go full woo-woo manifestation side. I then that same day got approached to be on someone else's gift guide, someone I'd not even met or been in contact with before. And that happened the exact same day. So let's bring this back to parenting. My job now is to be Bonnie's mirror to help her to shine brightly and get more and more confident. 
And as I've been reflecting on the more old school ways of parenting and how we were parented back in the 90s, I sometimes feel like there's just so much resistance in that kind of parenting, stopping them doing things, trying to change their behaviours that are inconvenient to you. And although I don't always resonate with the full force gentle parenting, because it's not a gentle world, I think I'm finding my role, especially with Bonnie and her personality, is to be the nurturer and facilitate her blossoming into her own direction instead of trying to control there's something about that parenting back in the 90s that was kind of controlling so the test that I try and use in my head now is is what she's doing bad or is it just a bit inconvenient to me like do I actually need to stop this behavior is it unsafe or can I just slow myself down and despite it not being the easiest just let go Bonnie for example is finally going in her stroller but the other day she wanted to get out and walk And obviously by walk, I mean walk in the opposite direction. She's 13 months old. (laughs) So I had to balance this because at that point she's getting tired and hungry. So we do need to get home. But I can also at the same time slow down and just let her go and explore for a bit. Because I'm only trying to hurry her along for my convenience to a point. Then I know it's in her best interest to get back and get fed. Same when I'm cooking and she wants to get involved. Pretty inconvenient to me, but really, if I think about it, I can definitely slow down and involve her. And I do think back to last week's episode and what Annette said about involving them. I'm pretty sure it was Millie from Consciously Montessori, her episode 14, which planted that seed for me. But I think in the 90s, at least, there doesn't seem to have been that focus on confidence. And instead, it was all about you don't want to spoil them, right? And that was seen as like emotionally as well as just with things, whereas I'm, I obviously don't want her to act spoiled. But for me, that's not to do with like how much love I give her, you know, or how much confidence. Anyway, to answer a question that none of you asked, what is my parenting style? (laughs) This is the question I'm asking myself, I guess. I am gentler than I thought, but like most things for me in life, I don't fully align with a particular way. I guess I'm mainly following my gut, my intuition, intuitive, respectful parenting, if that's a thing. We all just do the best we can with the knowledge that we have, right? But I love hearing that candle and the mirror or other things like this that then help you put these concepts into words. So do you want to hear my two new business ideas? Firstly, on the theme of what I've just said, my first idea is a parenting book, but What I find with a lot of these things is that the advice given is based on a particular kind of child or has worked for a particular kind of child or parent. I mean, look at, for example, like really extreme example, but Gina Ford back in the day. I'm sure for some that routine was a complete lifesaver, but for others or most, it would have been absolute hell. So this is where my business idea comes in. I think there should be a book with how to tackle certain common parenting dilemmas if your child is a certain way. So basically saying, if you have this personality type child, try this. Or if you have a different personality type, consider this approach. So like if it was to do a potty training, but you have, I don't know, X, Y, Z kind of child, you should approach it this way. But if you have this kind of child, then approach it this way. So what do you think? I should say I have absolutely no intention of putting either of these ideas into play. So if you could write a book, then go for it. I definitely couldn't. (laughs) I will, of course, be wanting a measly 50% for providing the idea. All you have to do is all the hard work. (laughs) 
And then my idea number two is a mummy freelancer agency. I've banged on about this on the podcast, about the inspiring people I've met through my whole journey of leaving my job, whether through this podcast directly or whilst at networking events. But something I'm noticing is that the vast majority of women I am meeting and asking them how or why they started their business, they are all starting with the answer, so when my baby was born, dot, dot, dot. We then proceed, obviously, to talk about the struggle of returning to work or how they couldn't return to work or they weren't wanting to, etc. And it just got me thinking because on this podcast, I've even done an episode with career ideas if you don't want to go back to work. A really unintentional pillar of content on this podcast is now around this career aspect. And it's something that I fully intend on diving into deeper. But firstly, I think we need to acknowledge that it just should not be this way, should it? The system for mat leave and mothers returning to work is so broken. I don't have an alternative for it. I don't know how you fix this. But what we've got right now is just not there. It's, it's not working. There's a lot of focus in the media about gender pay gap and worldwide the biggest con- contributor to this is the drop off when children have babies. They perhaps drop out of the workforce entirely or they don't want to progress any higher, they find a position that works for them and their families and they stick to it, or perhaps they feel like they can't juggle, they don't want to move up the ladder any higher, or they just simply get overlooked. I know that statistically men get paid more when becoming a father, and for women it's the reverse. So I sometimes think about this and whether I've contributed to that statistic. When you're younger you hear of the gender pay gap, and honestly when I think about the wages I was paid when I was younger... (laughs) No way if buying was a male-dominated industry would that be commonplace. And now have I just gone full stereotype and dropped out of the workforce before making it to a senior management high-paid role? But look, end of that rant. What we are really missing here, especially in the UAE, is flexible and part-time working options. So for anyone listening from outside the UAE, there's a lot of reasons for this. But visas are such an expense for an employer to cover visas, health insurance, especially while they're essentially sponsoring you to work in this country and then you are just doing part-time hours. So as much as we bang on about the great expat lifestyle here, do not get it twisted. You work hard here in Dubai and I think actually longer hours is expected from you here a lot more than in London. And to be honest, that's just another reason why I couldn't justify working for someone else as a mum here. So instead, those employers go to freelancers if they just need like a part-time person. So if someone could set up an agency for mum freelancers, because there is a totally untapped workforce here of really highly skilled women, and I've put myself on Fiverr, etc., and got absolutely nothing, not even like a message. I don't have the time to be trying to advertise a freelance service either. So that could then be on the agency to match up your skills to their clients. Obviously, you're a mum, so they can expect that you'll work part-time hours remotely on whatever project they hire you for. But what they also will need to bear in mind is that you are a mum, so you know exactly how to cram in as much work as possible into your precious time. (laughs) You are the multitasking queen. You are absolutely going to give them their money's worth. Sorry, but is this not an amazing business idea? I've literally thought about it so much, but I do not even have enough time for my current business or family or any expertise at all on how I would set that up for myself. 
And let's be honest, I'm all out of money to invest in businesses right now. So (laughs) yes, I won't be doing that idea. But also like the visa, because these mums are going to already just be on their husband's visas and stuff, aren't they? They're going to have the medical insurance. Anyway, have I lost the plot completely? Are these awful ideas? Maybe the parenting book would have to end up being the longest book in the world if it was about each different kind of personality type child. But I think the freelance agency for mums has legs. So who is still with me at this point in the episode? I have definitely rambled on, haven't I? (laughs) As per usual. But I am going to be recording next week's episode this week, so a week in advance. And I've got a really exciting guest for you. She's going to be amazing. So I'm super excited. I'm going to leave that here for today and I'm going to go and work on some questions from my guest. So thank you as always for tuning in. Go and check out nextofkin.ae and I've got a blog up on there. I've obviously got the brand. You can use podcast 10 for 10% off and check out the bundles now because I've set up a Christmas edit and I've set up some really, really good value multi-packs that I'm now considering whether I've priced them a bit too low. And you can use the 10% on that too. (laughs) So go and check that out. But thank you. Please share this podcast. Do the whole rate, review, subscribe. But mainly please just share and follow along. Have a lovely week. Bye.